The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And it's a return to wrestling today. I've got Kia Stevens, AEW's Awesome Kong. Or maybe you know her as the welfare queen on the Netflix uh, hit series Glow. Or maybe you remember her as Karma from WWE. Well, big deal. Uh, is, uh, the, the bottom line is she's a big deal. Uh, and Kia is here today. She's talking about everything wrestling, how and why she started her wrestling career in Japan with all Japan women. Her, her run at TNA tagging with the great Gail Kim uh, and beating up the great Gail Kim. Some of the best matches uh, in that company's history were between the two of them. Her jump to WWE and the debut of Karma and why it was a very short run. Landing the role of the welfare queen on GLOW and what eventually brought her to AEW. And here's something. Kia also suffers from cowlophobia. A legit fear of clowns. No kidding. Wait to hear some of her stories about that. Lots of cool stuff from Kia. Uh, here she is. Awesome Kong making her talk as Jared Co. debut right here, right now. Is it, is it Kia Stevens or Kaya? It's Kia. Kia. Like the car. Oh, like Kia, like the car. But not as cheap, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're more classy. Yeah, you know, you're much more classier than that. Uh, but we have uh, Kia Stevens is here. And I'm so excited because with um, AEW starting out and not really knowing uh, who's on the show and who's not on the show and basically just kind of... Uh, Showing up to see who's there, and I see you walking around. I'm like, oh, that's great. They, they got Awesome Kong here. And, of course, too, it's extra special for me because we've never really met too much. No. Uh, we've, I don't think we've ever really met until AEW, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yep. but I'm also a fan of you from from Glow, which is great. Because uh, so, watched me on the I telly. did. The welfare queen. <laughs> I love it. But I mean, uh, so much to talk about. But let's let's start off with Glow and just saying how much of a success it is. And I know you guys, uh, well, season three just came out recently. Yeah. Um, now, were you acting for a while before you got that part, or how did you kind of get cast in that? Well, you know, I started off in acting as a kid. Oh, okay. So, where um, are you from? I'm from Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Yeah, I grew up with a you know a stage mom. She was an actress as well. Okay. Um, and. You know, Brian Wittenstein, who's, you know, deep in wrestling, he was an agent at the time in L.A. Mm -hmm. And he knew of my acting background and called me and said, you know, 
they're doing a glow show. They're, you know, making it into a comedy. I, there's a part in there. I think you should go out for it. And I was mm-hmm. in Florida at the time. So I ad- auditioned via tape. And uh, I auditioned for Cherry, actually. And they, they didn't think I was right for Cherry. Mm-hmm. But they loved what they saw in the tape. So they asked me to go out for Tamay, Welfare Queen. And then got cast from there. And it's hard to do auditions on tape, too. It is, especially yeah. since I was so busy. I was actually on my way to Japan. So I was, like, in the airport doing lines and stuff. And it was <laughs> <laughs> rolling around on the ground. And it's, it's, like, at one part, they were like, got to roll on the ground. I'm rolling around on the ground in the Tokyo airport. <laughs> but so, and so uh, it, it's great because, like I said, because like, you're one of the cast members, maybe the only cast member that actually is... In the wrestling business, mm-hmm. outside of Chavo, yeah, yeah, but Chavo, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Chavo's kind of the the trainer, yeah, for for all of you guys. And Chavo's been on before. We've had a couple of the girls on, yeah. Uh, the, he's, he's done an episode or two. Oh, of, he's, yeah, you yeah. see, like, Carlito. I saw mm-hmm. him in there and a couple of others. But did that help you, uh, kind of knowing a little bit about the business, uh, or did you kind of have to put yourself in the mindset of all the other people that that are learning at the same time? As uh, you? A little bit of both, mm-hmm. because you know. Glow itself was like in a world of its own. Mm-hmm. So the things that those women experienced in wrestling was a little bit different, not as parallel as to what other wrestlers experienced going on the road and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, so a little bit of both. Because even just from a training standpoint, right? Because mm-hmm. the idea is you guys on Glow are all amateur just actresses or whatever people trying to get a part on this show yes so you can't come in there and be taking you know awesome kong type bumps because your character shouldn't be doing that exactly it was it was hard to strip it down back to basics it was one scene like uh the director um had to get next to me say we just wanted a little bit more messier because it was (laughs) like i was taking these three-quarter rolls and just hopping up like yeah they're like no just a little more you, like, you like had when to, you were a kid, just rose. <laughs> <laughs> you had to untrain yourself yeah, to in untrain a lot of ways, myself, right? Yeah. How was it, it uh, watching? Like, did you help uh, help train the girls? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We got you know would take half the class aside uh, if they hadn't been there for a while and catch them up with what we had done for a few days, mm-hmm. or just uh, um, travel would refer to me like kind of like have me co-sign on things like right, I'm like right, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. You can also try it this way or that way, being that uh, uh, a female, sometimes we do things a l- just a little bit different than a man. Mm-hmm. Just just a little bit, like, you know, how we might grab a crotch or whatnot, right? you know, as an example. It's interesting, too, because if you're talking about, um, you know, the, the whole concept of GLOW, and I'm, I'm assuming, obviously, you're too young to have watched it. No, I did. Oh, you did watch oh, it? Oh, totally. Okay. Are you kidding me? My brother and I would sit there and we dreamt of like taking on Hollywood and Vine. Like that was like <laughs> the deal for us. I actually asked Santa Claus to make me a glow girl when I grew up. No kidding. And then like before the next Christmas even rolled around, the show I got canceled and I was like, what? Oh man. Santa, what? Santa's not real, but he is real. It took he, him a while. Yeah, but he did it though. But he did it. Though. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> that's so cool to to hear that. Because you know, like I said, like I used to watch Glow as well, and, and it was, it was fun because I watched every type of wrestling. So if it was wrestling, I was into it. Mm-hmm. But it was you know campy and 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 fun. But the fact I love when the show came out because it's got so much more drama and, and it's really, uh, I mean, it was it was it's such a huge hit. Did you expect that, or what did you guys think about it? No, I mean, 
it's even now, it's different for me because I'm on the inside looking out. Mm-hmm. But like when I'm driving down the street and I see the big billboard on the side of the building, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> or if people, if I have my hair more like Tamay's and people recognize me in, in the store and mark out not for wrestling, but for something on TV, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a newer experience for me. So it's like... <laughs> Yeah, because you're a, you're a, you're a legit actress on a legit hit show. Yeah, which is is really cool. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. So, and how do you think it? Like, um, it's interesting to me that you can binge watch the whole season. So, so different from the way things used to be. I know, right? Like, but you guys have it easier because when we're shooting, we get the script like weekly. Hmm. So we'll read it and have to wait like a whole other week to know what's going to happen next. <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of want to know. This is so juicy. I want to know what's going on. <laughs> and also, too, you're always kind of scared. Like, if I'm going to be yeah, uh, yeah, on next was, week. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. am I going to be in? <laughs> are you, you going to see me? But it's, it's funny, too, because it's like I was thinking about that. I was watching uh, Stranger Things. I haven't gotten to, to Glow yet, season three. But um, you spend, I don't know, six months making it. Mm-hmm. And then people can watch it all like in six days. And then it's like, or less. It's yeah. Like, if you have an afternoon free, because it's right. only like five and a half hours. Basically, yeah, right? Is it hours. 10 episodes? Yeah, 10 episodes, 30 minutes, so six hours. Yeah. So yeah. Then you, you, you could be done, and then it's like, okay, what, what's next? You know, it's like, it's like, it's done. You gotta it's wait, over. guys. Give me more. Yeah. Give me more. <laughs> Who do you like working with um, as far as your, your other characters that are, that are just some of your favorites to do scenes with? Well, we're almost like one organism, mm-hmm. the girls. I mean, it's pandemonium when we're all on set. If, we, if it's like all of us in a scene, mm-hmm. it is pandemonium. Because I mean, we are, it's like having a sleepover. <laughs> Going to work and having a sleepover every day. Cause it's just so much fun. And we giggle. And we, I mean, we speak every day. We're in contact constantly, even if we're not mm. in production. And it's, it's just so much fun to have like, you know, 12 sisters to gaggle with mm-hmm. all day long to the point where like, the crew's like, okay, we want to go home, so you guys need to <laughs> quiet, get it together, right. and say your lies, all this chit chat and laughing and stuff. It's How is it fun. for you to do like the the red carpets and all that stuff? You guys, have you up for? Were you up for an Emmy? I think it was, or I uh, yeah yeah. The show's been up for an Emmy um, this year. We got nominated for four. Congrats to Betty Gilpin for her nom for best supporting actress. Um, we got nominated for a bunch of SAG awards, and that is surreal when mm. you're on the red carpet and then like your favorite stars like you know are just right like Robert De Niro's like right there <laughs> I'm like oh my god Bobby D is right there I am in glow <laughs> <laughs> but it's still kind of different though you never you've never I mean you've acted but you've never been anything at this level before no mm-hmm. no I've only experienced it from like afar like my mother did a movie with Americana uh from back in the day, Cindy, she played Americana on the original Glow. Oh. And she took us to the set and we got to meet oh, her. Wow. And it was like insane. And actually after the first season, because, you know, um, we don't have any pictures. My mom has passed. We don't have any any pictures of her really because we've had a few fires and oh, everything okay. perished. Yeah. Um, Cindy reached out to me after the first season and she, we met for lunch and she gave me a bunch of pictures of my mom on set. And coincidentally... We have the exact same haircut. She has the exact same haircut in those pictures as Tamay has. We look exactly the same. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my. 
even in the drink because it was in the 80s. Sure. She's wearing like the same stuff that Tammy wears and everything. And it was like, oh, wow. Full That's circle. so cool, though. I mean, we'll talk about, you know, it was meant to be type mm-hmm. of thing, right? Kismet. Yeah, Providence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a couple of happenstance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out. We're out. We're done. That's all we got. You threw Providence out there. I wouldn't have got that one. Uh, I was going to ask you about uh, about more of the glow stuff. Um, when you're talking about, like I said, with, with with your mom and the pictures of your mom and all that sort of stuff, I mean, I've obviously she would probably be very proud of you that you were at this level. Proud, but she probably would have already found a way to ingratiate herself onto the show. <laughs> For sure. A 60-year-old stage mom. <laughs> yes. Right. Like, seriously. <laughs> it was that kind of person. What did you, uh, I, like I said, I haven't seen season three yet. So what happens to Tame in this season? This season, Tame experiences, we finally get to what wrestling does to your body. Mm. And she experiences, because, you know, we're in Vegas and we're doing show after show after show. Is that what happens? The whole crew moves and you get like a residency or something? Yes. Yes. So the show is a fixed show Uh and we're doing the same show every night. And because, you know, she's a a bigger girl, so she's basing. um, That's bringing some wear and tear on her back and she's in denial or at least doesn't want to share exactly what it's doing to her. So she's taking all kind of avenues to hide mm. that injury. Oh, okay. Until she can't anymore. Just like you really would in wrestling. Just like you really would in wrestling. Mm. That's actually a pretty good idea. I wonder why they don't, somebody doesn't do that, like a residency wrestling show. I know, right? You know, like a Vegas version of it. I'd go. Yeah. I guess it's kind of what, kind of what WOW does, maybe. Sort uh, of, uh, wrestling sort of thing. I- the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So let's talk about how you ended up in AEW because, like I said, when you were filming Glow, I didn't, I didn't know if you were taking a break from wrestling or if you had finished wrestling. But here I you are. You had. Oh yeah, I hadn't stepped before Las Vegas. I hadn't stepped into a ring in that kind of capacity in over three years. Mm. So I didn't even know if Kong was going to show up that night because, like, you know, she's like a whole psyche in my head. I was like, girl. Interesting. Okay, so because so Awesome Kong is is a character like. I was here, you know, like Alice Cooper. He becomes Alice before he goes on stage. Exactly. You know, so you didn't know if you would still be able to find that. I didn't that place. know. Like it for like nights and nights upon nights beforehand, I would like be in bed and be like, mm. and I was like, I don't know if she, that's what mm. she did back then. I had, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to like study myself, and it really wasn't until the music hit that I even slipped into that, mm-hmm. and uh, I was actually kind of panicky. Um, but uh, Dallas Diamond Page gave me, like, this incredible pep talk. As he always does. <laughs> right? What did he tell you? He was like, have you read my book? It's the power <laughs> of positive thinking. <laughs> it's available on Amazon. <laughs> That's what he said. And I bought it, like, right then and there. And uh, he was like, you can do it. You've been doing this. Your experience. Go out there. They're going to love you. Mm. Positive thinking. Hey, afterwards, come and talk to me. We'll talk more about my book. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's interesting because, and this is something that I think performers will all understand, 
is, and, and fans probably don't, like people would say to me sometimes, like when I was doing the listing, hey, can you put me on the list? It's like, no, because I'm not that guy when I'm standing here on the street because mm. there's a certain tone to it and there's an attitude to it or anything that you do. Like going up to a comedian, say, make that, tell that funny joke that you tell. And I think once you put kind of your armor on, your your ring gear, mm-hmm. and then that's why ring music is so important. You really have to feel it because if you don't, it's not going to pull the switch. It's not, yeah. Right? And it, it is the switch. Yeah. There was uh, one time in TNA, Gil and I, we were doing a match and Kong hadn't showed up. And I mean, I freaked out as kid. I was like, oh my God. And Jeff Jarrett just happened to be right next to me. He's like, what's going on? I was like, Kong's not here. And he just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. He was like, what are you talking about? You're standing right here. I was like, no, you don't understand. She's not effing here. And even when the music hit, it felt like I was an imposter. And I was like, please. Mm. And then it wasn't until like the very first move and I spilled out onto the floor and I took that bump and it was like, okay, okay, she's here. Okay, mm. great. And that had never happened to me before and it, it has to happen since. But I mean, when I say panic, because I was like, I don't know if I'm just going to be like, oh, See, scratch you in your everywhere, Gail. Because <laughs> that's Kia, you know. Right. That's, you know, that's not Kong. Kong, Kong and Kia are polar opposites. Hmm. In fact, it took a while for my, like my cousins and my uncles to understand that, you know, because I grew up in LA, they're in like the Midwest, that that I was uh, the daughter that was wrestling. So y'all thought it was my sister when they heard, oh, Phyllis's daughter is wrestling. They're like, oh, Sean. They're like, no, Kia. Hmm. Well, no, because Kia's like the mute one that doesn't, mm-hmm. the shy one that doesn't say anything. They're like, no, that's the one that's wrestling. And they no one could believe it because I was so very shy. When my mom would take me on auditions and things, like I'd whisper the words, mm. I'd be really shy. And then we'd get in the car and then I'd say it, you know, like with gusto. She's like, why couldn't you do that in the room? I'm like, because there were other people there, not just you. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. That could come from, I think, is maybe from, from your early acting background or whatever, where you have to drop into the character. You know, which is what actors do. Yes. That right? took me a long time to develop. Mm. So I was a painfully shy kid. I didn't want to do acting. That was something my mom pushed us into. I mm. was like, I would just rather just be in the corner. I'm very, very, very shy. And it took me years to me to about high school to break out of that. Hmm. You know, like it's I like hearing the story because, like I said, we hadn't really met before, and I had the same thing. More especially, I'd say, ten years ago when I was doing the suit and tie Jericho, Mm. and just dropping in, like just being like a legit hated heel where people would attack me on the street and that sort of thing. Just dropping into it and coming out of the ring and not being able to get out of it quickly. I'd have to go sometimes and stand in a corner to come out of this. Jericho asshole kind of character. Did you have to do that sometimes as Kong? Not often, mm-hmm. but I can pin a, a moment or two. Yeah. Because, you know, what happens like right afterwards during a match sometimes. After yeah. a match, you know, you yeah, 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 get together sure. and yeah. Yeah, you talk review over, over and what whatnot. Did, yeah, and yeah there, there's been a couple of times where I was like, oh, that's not what Key would say. That's something Kong yeah, would yeah. emote. <laughs> right, I'm gonna go stand in the corner and let it, let it come yeah. back to come back to life here. Um, so, so you, that's what you say. So you didn't know in Vegas if if you would be able to find Kong. She was there, but how was how did you end up coming to AEW in the first place? I got a call again. Mm, that's simple. Brian Wittenstein said, "Hey, you know, Brandy and Cody are interested in bringing you in for X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Well, okay, yes, let's do it." 
easy as pie. Right, right, right. Let's, what do you Brandy, think? Brandy, of- yeah, because Brandy and I go back from uh, from WWE, and it was like, yeah, for Brandy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even really understand the magnitude of it because I haven't been in sure. wrestling, so I didn't. I was. I didn't know what was going on in wrestling. But if my girl calls, she need me. Hey, <laughs> showing up. And of course, you have to say it just like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you probably were thinking at first, like you said, it's probably just an indie show or whatever it may be, or uh, you didn't realize just, like you said, the magnitude of like a national television show run by a multi-billionaire family. Really didn't. Actually, when they did the thing in Chicago, the first All In, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so they had the, the star cast, that signing thing, and I happened to be there. Mm. And then I kept hearing them say, yeah, you know, everybody's gone to the show. And I just assumed... It was an indie show. Right. And I was like, well, then I'm going to take some of my photographs and get over to this indie show <laughs> and get me a table in the corner and mm-hmm. make some more extra cash. And then they, <laughs> and I had my friend take me to the building. And it was the freaking Sears building. And I was like, wait, what? It was We had trouble getting in because there was like security. And then I walked in. I saw the production value. I was like, yeah, I don't think they're going to let me set up a table up here. <laughs> That's great. You're probably thinking, like, where's the community center right? next, yes. next door to the Sears Center? <laughs> where's, the, where's the VA hall? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Because, and that's the thing. It, it was good to see because, uh, once again, I was a big fan of, you mentioned Gail. There was a time in, in, in Impact and TNA at the time where you guys were the highlights of the show. Yeah. Every week for, I don't know, months and months and months. You and Gail, and you can fill me in some of the other girls, too. But it was a real magical time for you guys in, in TNA. Yes, it was. Yeah, there was a time where, like, the girls' segments were the highest rated, highest rated segments yeah. in, the, in the show. And that was, like, yeah. Just having that chemistry with Gail? Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, because Gail is a, I mean, professional. She cares about the product. Because, you know, Gail don't have to wrestle. Mm-hmm. She don't have to wrestle. That's mm-hmm. not her bread and butter. But mm-hmm. she loves this business, you know, to the point where... Oh, she's inspired. Like, I wrestled as hard or that hard because I did not want to let this woman down. Mm. Because, I mean, it meant, you could just see it. It's like, dang, yes, I want some of that. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like that. And that, I think that's where that chemistry came from. It was also a great pairing of, you know, the the the, the smaller baby face and the big monster heel. It's it's the easiest story in the book, right? Yeah, and she's a spitfire. <laughs> and the things that, you know, Dutch Mantel had a lot to do with that, putting those uh, storylines together oh, yeah. and and stuff. And it just was like the perfect storm at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it let me get out of my head a bit because I was going through, that's the time when my mom was had came down with cancer and she was dying. And if I wasn't wrestling, I was taking care of her. So being in the ring was like an outlet. Mm. Was your therapy? Yes, it really was. Really needed it. Was that your first like major company or had you been working for a while like in indies and stuff? That was my first major company in the U.S. Mm. because I did stuff in Japan. I had been working in Japan for seven, eight years Mm. prior to that and was, you know, top dog over there, making great money and just yay. And I had only really came home because, you know, I had my mom take care of and uh, I was missing my nieces and nephews grow up. And, like, the Lord was like, girl, it's time just to come home real mm-hmm. quick. So I said, okay. So I, I thought I would only stay in Japan for a couple of years. That was, that was the plan. 
stay in Japan for a couple of years, build up something, come back to the United States, go out for WWE. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. But the money was so good in Japan, I stayed longer. I liked it. And um, when I got back to the United States, I went to ROH uh, and Shimmer immediately. And then TNA, that opportunity came up and it was this something new and they were like building something. And I, you know, bought the whole deal, hook, line, and sinker. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is where I want to be mm. right now. And I think it went the way it was supposed mm-hmm. to. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you talk about Japan, so so what company was it that you were there? All Japan Women. All Japan Women. That's obviously very prestigious. Um, so many great performers over the years from there. So you yeah. start. This is you started basically in Japan. Then yes, I took my very first bump at the School of Hard Knocks in San Bernardino with Jesse Hernandez. Oh, and, right. <laughs> I was Jesse. there. I went there you, uh, like 1991 or something for a training session. Yeah, so you know yeah, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. And then um, eight weeks later, well, I had. Um, I was on this reality series called Discovery Health Body Challenge, and it's kind of like The Biggest Loser. Okay. But this is way before The Biggest Loser, right. 10 years before The Biggest Loser. Like a loser. weight loss show or something? Yes, mm-hmm. because I had went out for Tough Enough. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. I went out, child. I went out, drove out to Las Vegas for Tough Enough, and I stood in that line, and I was actually right behind Kenny King. Kenny mm. King and I stood in line all day long together. <laughs> And I stood in that line all day long, and then I finally got into that ring, and I cut my little promo that I've been practicing all weekend long, and then I did the little nip-up that they told us we had to do, and then I stood there all proud of myself, and JR was like, next. And I was like, wait, <laughs> hold up, what? He was like, yeah, next. And I was like, no, I didn't drove X, Y, and Z. I didn't call out of work. I didn't spend my last money on this expensive room at Caesars Palace. You're going to ask me some questions. <laughs> and then uh, he was like, oh, you want me to ask you some questions? He was like, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I think you're just too big to ever accomplish anything in wrestling. You, you'll never accomplish anything in wrestling. Too big as in you were too, ch- yeah, too, 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 too fast or whatever I, the word yeah, be, yeah, and I was like 100 pounds lighter than I am now. I, really? I, oh, my God. I was barely... Like 195, 185, 195. But too big. I mean, that's the point. Yeah. You're, like, you're, you're a monster you heel. Never achieve anything rest. I was like, okay. Wow. Watch this. And I was so glad he said it. Yeah. If he had not said that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Because mm, uh, it was motivated like, you. Or? Oh, like a mug. It was like, oh, okay. You, you know, this person that I look, you know, never meet y'all heroes, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God he did because it, it put a fire up under me to to do it and it put me on a, a on a path to like prove this person wrong mm. and um, fast forward like 10 years later JR is the one who 
lobbied and helped me get into WWE. Mm. Did you did he remind him what he had said? Oh, of course. are you kidding me? <laughs> of course. That thing burning in my belly like a lump of coal straight out of Mordor. Yes, I had to remind <laughs> that man what he said. So that but that 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 made you uh, inspired you to go on the on the weight loss show then. Mm-hmm. And then you lost some weight. And I lost some weight. And then they had um, a rain. They knew my goal was to be a wrestler. They arranged for me to go to a wrestling school, which was School of Hard Knocks with Jesse. And then eight weeks later, after I took my first bump, eight weeks later, they had um, surprised me with Joni over there as she was working out over at the New Japan Dojo. China. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, so when we had that interaction, um, the Inoki said, you know, anytime you want to come over and train, please do. And barely two weeks had passed by. They called me and said, there's a um, promoter here from All Japan Women's that um, wants to look at some folks. And I went. And because I was so green and brand new, all I really knew I'd do was run the ropes and take a bump and throw a clothesline. They, and and I was big and black and formidable. <laughs> um, they wanted to bring me over so that they could build me up their own mm, way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They could teach me, you know, mold me the way they sure. wanted to. Um, so that was, you know, fortuitous as well. Well, like you said, too, uh, uh, this is something that I've been in Japan, I think almost 60 times. There's no black people there. <laughs> so if you're if you're blonde, they can, they can make themselves blonde, that canary blonde mm-hmm. dye job, but a big black lady, let's be honest, that's something that would scare people and you can play that part so well so it's actually very smart for them to do that right oh also aja kong had just left their company Mm. and they had a big show coming up at kawasaki and the card read you know um a kong versus uh holda yumiko and so (laughs) so of course they were like well we're not changing the card and giving no tickets back (laughs) So we're just going to name you a Kong. Do you know how much it costs for these right? posters? We need a Kong one way or we need another. need a Kong one way or another. You are it. So, yeah, that's it's uh, crazy because they didn't tell me that they named me Kong oh. at all. So I one day I go to training at Inoki Dojo and Shinsuke Nakamura comes up to me and calls me Kong. And I damn near kicked him in the nets because I was like, I don't care where you from. You just don't come up and call black people Kong. I mean, you just don't do it. And so they had to Big gorilla, are you kidding me? Right? Yeah. What are you, what? <laughs> so they had to explain because it was some heat right there. They had explained to me what had transpired in Japan that they had the press conference and it was in the back of then, <laughs> Lord, they had named me Kong. Awesome Kong. Yeah. That's where it came from. That's where it came from. So who from. did you work with mostly over there? Um, I worked, oh, as far as people? Yeah, like, yeah, because this is past, obviously, the Akira Hakuto era. Yeah. And Manami Toyota era. I worked with Nane Takahashi, Momo Nakanishi, Hota Yumiko, mm-hmm. and then you got, you know, um, Toyota, was Manami was still she was wrestling. Still, she's amazing. Yes, oh my gosh. One of the best performers, male or female, ever. Oh, gosh, she had an anniversary show one time, and she wrestled in every match like remember, 60 matches or something? It, it like, was it was 12, 12 matches. She wrestled in every match. And I mean, like, she didn't skimp on any uh-huh. of the matches either. And it was like a physical feat I had never, ever seen before. Yeah. Such a great athlete. Plus, she had a great look. And yes. Just, there, there was a whole crew of them at that time from like so Hakuto mm-hmm. and Toyota. And I think Asha was in there too. Mm-hmm. Bull Nakano. Bull, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, just the, I, I did a, 
what's called a tournament one time. And it was like, because of the way it was, I ended up doing five matches. And by the fifth match, I could barely rinse yeah, the yeah, ring. Yeah. <laughs> I could be, literally barely roll into the ring. So for her to have 12 matches and, and the quality of matches that she had, uh, I mean, a physical feat that I had never seen before. What uh, what kind of crowds were they? Was it fairly like big? Crowds? Oh, yeah. 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 Like Packing them in. That was a, a, I'm not sure if they still exist now, but it was huge for a long time. Oh, yeah. B- uh, back in the early and late 90s, mm-hmm. it was a yeah. phenomenon for for you to be a to what try you, out. Were you there then? What year? I was there in 2002. Gotcha. Okay. And it was tapering down, but they were still packing them in and drawing c- crowds and keeping the bills paid. How long were you over there for? About six years. But I mean, straight? Or like, like how long? Straight, I lived there. You lived there? Mm-hmm. Do you speak Japanese? Hi, skoshi like at them, you know. You don't go muskashi, that's all. You know, what's up? Can you I, speak Japanese with, with a black with a black girl attitude? Ah, okanai, then. Okanai, then. Shirinai, that's all. I know that. I know what that means. Um, it's good that you speak Japanese because there's a lot of girls in AEW. The Kenny's girls are all Japanese, and they don't yes. speak a word of English. So, yes, I had no idea that your background was was so uh, so much in Japan. Oh yeah, no, that's great. What did you think of it when you first went over there? I thought it was wrong. Wrong? Yes. How do you mean? I thought everything was backwards. <laughs> um, I'm having a nice meal, and you're just gonna strike up your cigarette while I'm having my nice meal. Um, Slurp them noodles right beside you. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Come on, dude. Are you serious? Like, Is it any matters? Yeah. I go backstage and people just filling my breast on my natural, natural. I'm, <laughs> they like, do that? Yeah. It's like wow. my first encounter. Someone just came and grabbed my breast and was like, natural? You're like, damn straight. I'm like, Don't yes, 100% shit. USDA. <laughs> What is up with you, man? But then as I learned about the culture, I found that it wasn't wrong. It was different. Mm. And I could I had left appreciating it so much. And I had learned so much because, I mean, when I say I was this crass American with no manners, mm. I was a crass American with no manners. <laughs> I mean, you know how you leave the last piece of food or whatever and everybody asks, you know, whatever. I mean, I would just say, I'm like, that's me. It's good. <laughs> Taking this last beat of me. <laughs> Rude, no, Coos. What she's talking about is it's 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 the polite thing to do is always leave a piece on the table, and no one ever really wants to take it, but it's always the the gaijin that does. Yes, the Japanese guys will never take the last piece. Yes, but it's like, well, I'm not gonna let it go to waste. And yeah. I got a look one time, and this look was like to kill, and I was like, oh, that was wrong. Yeah, I shall never do that again. <laughs> I learned very early on uh, the you know, bus calls at ten, and I would get there at ten, and I would get in trouble. I'm like, what is it? It's like. Bus call is 10. If you get there on time, you're late. late. Right. You get there half an hour earlier on time. Mm -hmm. You know, and just the little way that they do things there, because it's all based around respect the way that they get the business. Yes. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The 
did you have an apartment in Tokyo? Um, the first two, three years, I lived、uh, in the dorms at the dojo. Oh, wow. I had my own room. Um, and, then, and then I had an apartment, yes. Did you have to do all the young, young boy, young girl stuff?、Um, no, I was not required to, but I did anyway.、Um, if Smart. They, yeah, if they were staying up to one o'clock, rolling up papers and whatnot, and, and wiping down stuff, then I would stay up to one o'clock doing the same. So, so what's because I know what the, what the guys have to do in the dojo. What do the girls have to do? Clean, of course,、mm-hmm. uh, wash the gear of you know, all of our senpais. Roll up all those newspapers that we would put in the windows of all the cars so that they couldn't see who was driving in,、um, if the heels or baby faces were driving in with one another. Really? Mm hmm.、Um, so, how would you have to leave a little, little space open so they can see out? No, no, no. Because, like,、um, we, we would put these rolled up newspapers on the sides of the vans. And then when we got close, We would take the tape off and it would roll, drop down. Oh, wow. And then so you couldn't see into yeah, yeah. the van. And if, if, it was, if, if you worried about seeing this way, then somebody would like just duck down. Yeah, I got you.、Uh, but for the most part, yeah, you know, really? it's so kayfabe over there. They wouldn't put drapes in the van? No. <laughs> just roll up newspapers. Rolled, and we would have to sit there, roll up these newspapers and tape them. Oh, my and gosh. And everything. And just have these. And I would stay up and I would just sit in my room and. Have a whole bunch ready for them. And, and they would try to say, you know, no, go whatever and treat me as if I was a guy. I was like, no, I'm going to be a co high just shot like y'all and I'm going to earn, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. my place here. And, and, I, and I did. Did you ever have to make chanko? No, I never had to. So, so that's、no. what the guys have just the, the soup, like with the meat in a meat soup that all the guys eat、yes. in the dojo. So, would the girls, what would you guys eat the, in, the, in the girls' dojo? Skiaki for the most part. Gotcha.、Um, but because ours was set up a little bit differently, we didn't eat together that often.、Hmm. And we had a kitchen, all Japan women, their dojo had a restaurant in the middle. Oh, I see.、Uh, the restaurant was closed down by that time I got there, but the kitchen was always available、oh, for、okay. you to go in and fix anything you want. But I already had, you know, I've been to college, I already know how to use my hot plate and my microwave in my room. <laughs> so. You know, it takes, a, it takes a special person to, to go over there. I don't know how old you were, but to go over to Japan and live there. I mean, you must really, really respect and love the wrestling business to do that. Well, I had sacrificed so much.、Right. I was 24 years old. I had a business、um, that I get, gave up, and I had two jobs that I had given up that I had worked hard to get. I was making over six figures at 24 years old. Wow.、So、What were you doing? I was、uh, a social worker、okay. uh, at St. Anne's, and then I was、um, a project coordinator for LA Shanti, that was a, like a community outreach program、gotcha. for the,、um, the AIDS community. And then I had my own business, which was、uh, vending machines stationed all over Los Angeles. Dude, that's a cash cow. Right? Yeah. yeah. I know some dudes that have that. So I had it going on at 24, rolling in my little, you know, Mercedes, living in Hollywood and had it nice and taking care of my family and whatnot. My family thought I was insane. Right to do that, yeah. To give all of that up because initially it was only a two week shot because my job wouldn't let me leave again. They let me leave for two weeks and then I said, okay, well, now they want me to come back for another few weeks. And they said, no,、mm. you're gonna, you can go, but you can't come back. Wow. And I said, well, then. I'm not going to come back because if I could build all this up once, I could do it again.、Mm-hmm. And I took the leap. Because obviously it was your dream. It was my dream. 
And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do in like two weeks or two months when I come back here because there was no guarantee that mm-hmm. it was that was it. Right. It was like one big show that I was going to do and then come back. But I was like, here fingers we go. crossed. Was and, there other you know, uh, foreign foreigners there? At the time, no. I was the only guy, Gene, at All Japan Women. Was there ever any other foreigners there during the whole course of time that you were there? In my company? Yeah. Yes. Not to stay. I was the only one that lived there. But I'm just wondering who else worked there. Kathy, Kathy Danger. I mean, Allison Danger. Okay. Um, heard of her before. Uh, Sarah Del Rey oh. came over. Natty Nyhart came over. Uh, yeah, a bunch of girls. Like, a bunch came, of girls, yeah. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah Stock, I believe, came over. Because now months. the big company over there is Stardom. That's where they bring yeah. the foreign, foreigners in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what made you, uh, so you said you went to TNA and, and, and worked there and built up that division that was huge. But then you mentioned that JR pulled for you to get into WWE. Now, mm-hmm. I can't remember, what year was that? 2000? 2010. Yeah, because I wasn't there because, like I said, we don't know each other. Yeah, we, 2009, 2010. Um, he, he, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Mick Foley lobbied to um, get me in. How did Steve hear about you? Um, from the Cauliflower Alley Club. Do tell. Uh, we just met at the Cauliflower Alley Club. He had He was familiar with my work. And we got to rapping, and he's like, you know, that's someplace you, you know, you need to go. Mm-hmm. And McFoley and I had been friends at TNA, and when I had left TNA, he called Vince McMahon himself and said, you need to hire this girl. And mm. then JR lobbied on his social media. Hmm. So tell us about how the, how it all came about. How did you finally get in there and, and the development of the karma gimmick and all that sort of stuff? Um, I had to wait out my no compete clause from TNA, and then did I gotta, you leave there knowing that you were going to go to WWE, or were you just finished with oh, TNA? No. Oh no, child, child. <laughs> when I left TNA, when I left TNA, when I insisted on leaving TNA, I had negative seventy six dollars in my bank account mm. and my pride. That's mm. all I had, mm. and um, in fact. People at TNA assured me I would not be going to WWE. Mm. And I said, I still want to leave anyway. Was it, why did you want to leave? There were, oh, you really, oh, y'all, he don't know the story, y'all. No, I don't know the story. No, your listeners, they yelling at, you can't hear them, they yelling <laughs> to you right now, Lord. Okay, so, um, <laughs> I, um, had, a disagreement. Oh, was this the Bubba the Love Sponge oh, thing? Oh, uh, you had to say the man name. Oh. But that, that's, we'll edit that's it out. not, mm, it wasn't really that. That was just where it, that was, that was just the straw where, that broke the camera. Yeah, back. that was just stage, exit stage left, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. Um, things had been building up for a long time because things were like kind of just a mess over there and I didn't understand why with uh, what Gail and I were doing, uh, the pay discrepancy was so large Mm -hmm. and I felt that it was time that I actually earned a living wage and so um, you know, because in wrestling you get get a finite time to make your money and I'm like, I'd like to make enough to at least have a four, you know Mm -hmm. to, to have a future. And so it the struggle was just too too hard. I came up against too much. And then um, the one thing that kept me there was it was the best locker room I had ever mm. experienced, you know. So when 
someone comes into the locker room and disrespects all the hardworking wrestlers and is speaking like a wrestler as if he earned the right to speak as such, that rubbed me the wrong way. My manager had just died like mm. 48 hours before. I was doing a fundraiser for Haiti, um, the earthquake in Haiti. I hadn't slept in literally 48 hours. And so, you know, when you get to the point where it's like, you know what, F that. Mm-hmm. Um, it got to that point. So we had a physical altercation. I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm done mm. with everything. They wanted to turn into a storyline. I was like, I'm not turning into a storyline with that man. I'm not, no. He's not, not even a wrestler. Right? I'm right. not putting that, I'm not putting that over at all. So I said, no, I just, I want to leave. And they were like, you know, you think you're going to leave here and go over to WWE? They're not going to take you. They don't want you. And, you know, they were, you know how people tell you what Vince wants all the time. Vince yeah. doesn't like this. You're experienced yeah, that. And so I'm like, well, whatever. I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? I'll sell orange. You knew the time was right to go. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, it's I'm I'm done. I wish you the best. I'm done. So um, they wanted to wait me out for two years. We negotiated nine months. Nine months passed. I got a call from Tommy Dreamer. Hi, Tommy. Um, (laughs) And he said. can I give John Laurinaitis your number? And I, I thought he was joking. I was Can like, I give John Laurinaitis your phone number? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. And then so I get a call and, oh gosh, it was so horrible because I was actually sick. I was really, really sick. And I get a call from who someone who says he's John Laurinaitis. And if you know John Laurinaitis' voice, I'm sick with a sore throat. And I'm like, I was, you know, <laughs> he thinks you're taking the piss right? out of him, you know right? Because I mean? Johnny talks like this. I'm so sorry. He talks like he has I'm laryngitis. I'm really sick. Please don't think I'm freaking making money. <laughs> and, um, you know, he asked me my situation. I told him. And it kind of like just stayed in the air. Mm-hmm. And then two, three months later, I was living with my um, my now husband, but then boyfriend in Boston at the time. Uh, two or three months later, he asked me to come down to the Towers. And I do. We had a, a conversation, and he hired me there on the spot. Wow. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Now, talk about how they came up with karma. Because I love, like, just, I remember this now. Um, there was vignettes, and it was kind of creepy and dark in your eyes and all that sort of stuff. And it's, yeah. I thought it's a great name. So what was the idea behind that? I think they wanted to keep what I was already doing the right. same, just change the name um, and, you know, freshen it up a little bit. Uh, so Triple H asked me, if you had a magic wand, what would you want to do? And I thought about it and I, I submitted a bunch of names that I thought WWE would, like. would want me to have. And I mean, I mean, y'all, these names were embarrassing. So it was like... N- Barcissa be strange. Oh no, what was it? Barcissa be wicked. I came up with like names that had like the initials BBW and stuff. Like, I mean, 
I'm talking about tacky and sticky. You know what I mean? It was, I just put that together, BBW. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. And then the one name that I like was wanted for like myself that I felt was kind of, you know, um, intriguing, the word. mysterious. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, karma. And I, I just threw that in there. I was like, they're never gonna, they're never gonna want that. They're gonna want me to be something freaking weird or whatever. And they came back and said, yeah, okay. Karma. Just the merch from that because karma's a bitch. Yeah, right. Like that would have been so great, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, the look was good, and mm-hmm. um, and they just had you come out and just kill everybody because this yeah. was at the time where where now, especially in the WWE, it's more of an athletic based women that are in there. But this was the time when they have like a lot of models and yes. the, the bikini girls, and they all worked hard and they all learned. But they're all really pretty girls, and here comes karma just killing them all. Mm-hmm. It was such a great, uh, a great character. Yeah, yeah a great contrast. Nice. Yeah. So, so what kind of was, did you get some input from Vince as to what he wanted you to do or? Not really. I think we were all on the same page as to do what I know, mm-hmm. you know, to stick with what I know. But you were there for, how long were you there for? Blinking, messed Very um, short time, right? I was there for all of, I was there for technically a little over a year. Uh-huh. But I was only on TV for that first time for about two months. Yeah. And didn't know that whole time that I was with child that whole time. Had no idea. Really? No clue. Wow. That's pretty uh, uh, incredible. Right? It's like one of those ladies you see sometimes like she didn't know she was pregnant and had a baby. Right? It's like how did you not know if you were nine months pregnant? No idea. Wow. And um, so when when we found out, then that's when I went on maternity leave uh-huh. and then came back for the rumble. Okay. And then that was there. And that was, why was that the end? Well, you know, I lost my son. Okay. So that took an emotional toll. Sure. And they had asked me, you know, they wanted me to get into a certain kind of shape, which, you know, I agreed to do. But they asked me, how can they help? What They said, we'll give you anything you need to get back. And I, I let them know, this this is what I need. And then it was like, well, how about we just send you down to FCW? And I was like, oh, I'm not really in an emotional, mental state to go down there and be amongst people right now. But that's what they insisted on doing. And I got there and I was like a just like a zombie. I would just mm. Stand there watching people train and stuff, and then I actually asked if they would bring in Sarah Del Rey to help me get ready. And I guess, I guess they brought her in eventually, like literally two, three weeks after they let me go. Mm. I guess she was in the process of coming on before, but I got let go before she got there on an official capacity. You know, we talked about this earlier about you becoming Kong. And if you had this emotional trauma of losing a baby and all this other stuff, I mean, it's probably hard to step into that role, which is probably why you were a zombie, like you said. Well, it was postpartum depression. Gotcha. And it was like chemical. There was like nothing really I could do about it. It was like... It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It was just like you could, you literally, you know how great money is over there at WWE. Yeah. You literally could not pay me a million dollars to get out of bed on some days. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't happening. And it was like, oh, well, I just have to wait it out. I don't know what else to do. I mm. wish I could just... Th- there was nothing I could... It was out of my hands. Yeah, yeah. 
When people what do say, you, do? you know, postpartum or depression or any kind of mental illness, it's not like you have a choice. Like yeah. you said, it's like you don't choose to have cancer. Or you don't choose to have postpartum depression. You just do. You just do. Right? How did you uh, overcome it? Just time or? Time and, you know, a, a good exercise regimen, good diet and just time, mm. really. I mean, I still have blue days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's an experience you'll never, ever really get over. But at least I'm at the point where it's like it's not at the forefront of my day every mm-hmm. day. And it doesn't mm-hmm. navigate my day. Mm. You mentioned that you were in the Royal Rumble. Were you like, uh, this is pre the Women's Royal Rumble. Were you actually in the Royal Rumble with the, with the guys? Yeah. Oh, cool. See, I, I didn't, I forgot. Third woman ever. All right. First black woman. See, yeah. that's that's where the black, you know, comes in handy. It's like the first black woman. <laughs> what did you do in the in the Rumble? I, um, Lord, that now that you can't hear them, they're telling me, through the speaker, what I did, all your listeners. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm the worst for that. I'm like, I just let them tell me what happened. I uh, I threw out, what's his name? He's the, he used to announce, Lord, help me. Oh, Michael Cole? I threw out Michael Cole, <laughs> and I eliminated someone else, a luchador. Lord, help me. Oh, okay. A, a luchador. A luchador. Sin Cara or something like that. Yes, and then I, 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 I tangled with, Lord have mercy. With that guy. That guy, <laughs> but he's like my, one of my favorite workers ever. And I tell, I tell all the glow girls to like watch all his stuff. What does he look like? Blonde starts with a D. Blonde. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. There thank you go. You. I'm sorry, Dolph. You know I love you, and you could ask all the glow girls. All I do is talk about you all day long. <laughs> you know, it's. I was just remembering this uh, as we talk because I was about to come back at the time when you were about to debut, and I remember seeing your vignettes and. They weren't similar to mine, but it was kind of the same idea. I'm like, what are they doing? They're playing, who's karma? What is What is this karma person? <laughs> and why Why are they doing the same vignettes of a secret person that's going to arrive? What's going on? I didn't write it. <laughs> so were you out of wrestling for a while then after that? Or is that what? Yes. Yeah. And I, I thought I was actually done, done mm-hmm. with wrestling. But then I went back to TNA for a little stint. Then I left there. And about four or five months later, glow. Hmm. Just came one thing led to another. Like you said, all of yeah. these things happen all very serendipitous, mm-hmm. right? Ah, serendipitous. That's the other one That's we could have used. That's the other one we could have used. Yes, because God is good all the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, as as we wind down here, it's it's really cool. Like How I said, oh, we can keep going. It's great. I mean, we've been talking for almost an hour. Oh, I didn't you know, even go by fast. Right? Like fifteen minutes. Yeah, see, because we're good. <laughs> we're good. So, what do you plan on doing um, with with AEW? Because it seems I, I, like I was laughing because it's like we've got Awesome Kong and Aja Kong, and it seems like obviously that's the match. Have we? Have you guys have ever worked before? Yes, we okay. actually we we um she kicked my butt once back in like oh five, and then right after that we started tagging together. Oh. Yeah. The Kongs. Mm-hmm. Double Kong, yep. So there's a lot of uh, potentials of things that you guys can do oh. for AEW as oh, well. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. it seems like they've signed quite a few women already. Yes. Uh, however, I aim to be not just talent, but to work in a backstage. Mm-hmm. I'm in the point of my career where it's time to transition mm-hmm. backstage and pass on the things I've learned over the years to mm-hmm. this new generation and yeah. make some new stars. But that's the thing too, though, when you're, you're, you know, a certain size and taking bumps, it gets harder and harder as, as you get older. 
Uh, that's true too. Right. Um, I, however, I still think I'm a, I'm still young and can get spry when I want to. <laughs> but um, I, I think now is the time to try to transition to a backstage hmm. to have some backstage influence as well. You know, put my feet in both worlds. It's so great, and that's another reason why it's it's amazing that AEW exists. And, and who would have thought, you know, a year ago that we'd have, you know, a legitimate competition, if that's the word you want to use. I like to use uh, option, alternative for, mm. for the WWE. But it gives it gives everybody a whole new lease and everybody a chance to, like you said, to continue on the tradition of showing new people the experience that you know. Had there been no AEW, you might not have a chance to do that. That's for damn sure. Uh, I mean, I'm always getting that question on my social media. When are you going to go back? When are you going to go back? And I'm like, y'all, when they ask me, why don't you ask them when I'm coming <laughs> yeah. back? So now I don't have to um, I don't have to deal with that, that, that question anymore because now we have this avenue um, to cultivate and to see a different point of view mm -hmm. for a change. You know, it's funny to me because it's, it's the typical thing. They did the same thing to Batista. Like he, He's in Guardians of the Galaxy, biggest movie in the world. Mm. They don't bring him back. You know, you're in Glow, the biggest show in TV. They're not calling you. Like, I just think it's so obvious for at least a, a one-off or something, you know? Right? I don't know. I guess they mad. They said, how dare you get pregnant after we spent all that money on your <laughs> debut? <laughs> <laughs> She yeah. gonna go get knocked up after we spent all that money the on our day. The audacity that you showed, Kia, <laughs> in getting pregnant. How, how dare you, damn it. <laughs> right? If she had a, a DUI, we could forget oh, that. Yeah, right. That yeah, bitch yeah. got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the roster at AEW? Who are you looking forward to, uh, to working with? Do you know any of the girls? Yes, I've been familiarizing myself with mm. them. And, you know, Britt Baker shows uh, lots of promise. And um, But I have to say, I do plan on passing down some knowledge to one person in particular. I won't say who because I plan on tangling with her first. Mm. And um, she she know who she, who she is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll, we'll have to, uh, I'll throw some darts at the board and see if I can figure <laughs> it out. No, it's, 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 it's exciting for me. And, and will there be more glow for you? Do we know this yet? Oh, oh gosh, I don't know. We usually don't find out if there's more glow until uh, about 60 days after the season gotcha. um, comes on. So That's probably how they can judge how, the, how the, the viewership was and the ratings and all that sort of stuff. I know, but it seems like... Um, this particular season left uh, on a note, they left it like wide open. Mm -hmm. On past seasons, they left it kind of like, oh, it could end. And if it did end like this, then that's okay. But this one, they left it in a way it was like, well, they kind of they kind of have to come back. Now. Mm, have to continue. I'm sure they kind of know. I would I would hope so. I'd, I would hope that they would um, that they would share it with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I asked you to do this, uh, you, you just said, I got a really crazy, bizarre request. Are you? Can you guarantee me there won't be clowns walking around the studio? And, you know, typical wrestling, I didn't even ask any questions. I said, <laughs> no, I can guarantee there'll be no clowns walking around in the studio. 
Can you fill me in on, on, on what the deal was with that? Okay. Well, one, I have to, I'm proud of myself that I got like 30 some of my years while having to bring this up, but I knew this day would come. So I did a podcast for my friend Monday night with Jahan Sabir uh-huh. and we're, we're, we're about to wrap up and everything. Now it was in the basement of the comedy store. Okay. So already I'm feeling a little bit claustrophobic because they're set up. The room is rather small mm-hmm. and it's got the um, the soundproof like foam on the walls. So no one can hear me scream <laughs> if I need to. Mm-hmm. And we're talking and we're in the, the whole podcast is about, you know, F that moments. And we're giving our F that moments. And I literally I look up. And in the window, you know, uh, for those of you listening, um, most sound booths and studios, the door has like a little window. And mm-hmm. even Jericho has one. He has a little window here. I look up and there's fucking Pennywise from it staring at me. I have an aversion to clowns. I have gotcha. colorphobia. It's, it's what's it called? Yes, colorphobia. Colorful, oh, okay. And I have a serious case of wow. it to where I... I um, I have a um, involuntary reaction You're to terrified to, of clowns. The clowns, I yeah. could barely even talk about them. So when I saw him, I thought he was coming to kill me. I thought it was the clown um, assassin that mm-hmm. he was finally here because I knew he's coming. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for him for like you know. You ever see uh, what's the Jeepers Creepers? Yeah, did he come every like twenty some years? Yeah. I've been waiting for this damn clown for 20-some years. I'm like, damn, he didn't caught me where I can't run. Ain't nobody going to hear me scream. Nothing like that. And it, I just tore up their—I feel bad, but I tore up their whole—imagine me tearing up all this nice equipment Oh, here, you smashed it up. Throwing it at the f- clown oh, because I thought he would— And then I had nowhere to go, so I took my friend—I'm sorry, John, it's your fault— Took my friend's body and I threw it on top of mine. It just like, slays there <laughs> and rebuking this clown. You know, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. I mean, just, this has only happened to me like three times in my life. Last time that it happened to me was at TNA. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there talking to Mick Foley. And you know Mick Foley has, you know he has a bad back, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. And you know in wrestling, it's all about like respect. Mm-hmm. We respect people, and especially people that's been in wrestling longer than us. But I tell you, I swear to God, that I climbed over Mick Foley and his bad back, mm-hmm. and I left footprints on his in his crotch and whatnot, and literally... Crawled into a high voltage area that it's where the all the the what's the pyro all the pyro is for the the ramp. Yeah. I climbed under the ramp with all the high voltage yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. because a clown walked onto the TNA set, and no one told me that there was going to be a clown there wow. that day. So poor McFoley in his back had a three hundred pound woman just like. <laughs> Hop over it. <laughs> wow. And and to the deal and the time before that, I was. You know, I'm not proud of this, but I was trick-or-treating. I took my niece trick-or-treating. I was about 21 years old. This is before I was calm. And my sister had just had a baby, so she was following us in her car. And so I had my niece, Jessica. She was about two and a half, three years old at the time. And we were trick-or-treating in Harbor City. And we came up to a house, and it had killer clowns from outer space. Oh, wow. So I left the baby in the middle of the... Oh my God. Street, and I just ran away to the Kmart because of clowns. Yeah. Now, 
I grew up in L.A., South Central. I have been in active shooter situations. I've been in drive-bys where I've had to duck from bullets. I've been in far heights. I have never been as scared in a situation as when a clown comes up to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally, I have shielded kids, like, you know, popping, you know, when it starts popping, I'm like, growing up, you know, we would go to a party and we, we knew, you know, oh, they're going to start shooting around two o'clock. So, you know, we might right. leave and then they'll start shooting and you just got to duck. You know, I got good at not even spilling my drink once I got to duck and, you <laughs> Jeez, know, yeah. um, and you just, you stay calm and you duck and you wait till the shooting is over and you, and you get up, you know? Wow. But what do you do when a clown walk in the room? Yeah. You know, and why would you expect a clown to be at a comedy store? I mean, I know people think clowns are funny, but they ain't funny to me. So I wouldn't expect a clown to be at the place of laughter. Right. Sure, sure, sure. And happiness. Right. So my friend, you know, she actually tapes her podcast. And the thing is, I couldn't ask her. She was like, this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened on my show. And I would do anything for anybody. So I couldn't, like, exactly ask her to mm -hmm. please erase it, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, you know, that's my friend. So she could. So, like, in a week or two, you're going to see me try to murder a clown. <laughs> well, I guess that I, podcast. I promise there'll be no clowns here. And there wasn't. And there wasn't. So I promise anytime uh, you're around and I'm around, if there's any clowns, I will tell them to stay the hell away from you. Uh, no, but seriously, I just want to say, since, you know, you have a platform, we're talking about this. Please don't think it would be funny to come up to me just as a clown and you would think it's funny. It would be dangerous to your health. And I'm not saying that in a ha-ha way. You would provoke something and it'd be your fault. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay, last, uh, last two questions. The last question is a two-parter. Hey, what's your favorite... Uh, episode of Glow for you or favorite scene that you had and B what's your favorite match that you ever had oh gosh you, you're throwing some like yeah, freaking deep. Sophie Choice over here <laughs> um, I'd have to say I loved in season 2 episode 8 because they show the show within the show oh, okay yeah 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 and I just I, I wish they had did just like 2-3 more like when you were filming the show, shows. like in the warehouse, and the, when the when they finally comes on, you mean like when they're filming the show? Yeah, it was they, they filming the actual glow show. Yeah, yeah, they they had a whole episode where it was the actual show yeah. within the show. That was cool, and I was like, oh gosh, I, I love that. I wanted like two, three more episodes just like that, just to watch, just for mm -hmm. my own deal. Um, my favorite match, I'd have to say, was the first time I had ever faced my hero, a hero of mine in the ring. And it was when I faced the Dudley Boys. Uh, Aja and I, we had wrestled. We used to be part of this promotion called Hustle. And um, they used us as characters that were polar opposites of our usual gimmick. So we were in tutus. <laughs> Imagine Aja and I in tutus, okay? <laughs> like ballerinas and stuff. And they put us against... Team 3D, the Dudley Boys. Really? Yeah. This is in Japan? This is in Japan. No kidding. And so when they came down, you know, when their entrance hit, because, you know, Aja and I are already in the ring, I'm just in the ring like, I have the best 
fucking seat in the house. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's cool. How'd you like over with the bubba? Did you guys beat the shit out of each other? Oh uh, yeah, we tangled and then I got to take the what's up and everything. I was like, oh my god. But it doesn't hurt you. Because you don't have balls. I don't have the balls. <laughs> How do you feel about intergender matches? That's kind of the big rage. Um, I feel if you know how to tell a story that doesn't um hurt, that doesn't leave the male looking like a wimp or doesn't mm -hmm. glorify beating on women, if you know how to tell this story right, then I'm all for it. I actually had a match in the Midwest, or at least I was billed on a match in the Midwest, and the guy, this is kind of in the beginning of my TNA tenure, uh, and the guy didn't want to job to me. Mm. So he didn't even show up. Mm. And so it was, and it was for the, like the NWA title and everything, and it was like, well, what the heck? And so um, this kid volunteered. He was like, I'll do it. I'll job to her. And he helped me put together this match, and we went out there. And he, he, while he put me over, he got over as well. And his name was Tyler Black. You might know him as um, Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yeah, you know. So, and he and he went to WWE like within the year of that, so it didn't hurt him at all. And we had, and it was one heck of a match, you know. So, depending on how you tell the story, mm -hmm. if you stay within the rules of, you know, yeah. don't, don't knock a woman in the mouth and don't make a man look like a limp. I think mm -hmm. I, I'm for him. My first uh, angle in the WWE was with China. Uh, yes. Are you yeah. kidding me? I was there at the Arrowhead Palm when y'all was doing oh, that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes, I was, Lord child. Yes, I was. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's good talking to you. I'm glad we finally get a chance to meet each other after all these years. And uh, I got to go Zaymas. Oh. Thank you very give much. Us little, uh, Japanese, give us a little Japanese uh, to close Domo. it up. Domo, ah, minasama, kia des to amazing kong des, minasan, otsukarasama deshita, jane. Which she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good news, Glow fans. Since I recorded this with Kia earlier this summer, Glow has definitely been renewed for season four. It is the final season, but Kia and the Welfare Queen and all the ladies will be back on Netflix sometimes next summer. All right, coming up sometime on Friday, comedian Ryan Niemiller. He did a really great sketch uh, together with him. We did a great sketch together on America's Got Talent a few months ago. Cripple Threat actually came in third on that season on the show. We're going to talk about the sketch, his experience at AGT, uh, the deformities he has in his arm, and how he's used that to uh, become one of the top up-and-coming comedians in America today. So we will see you then. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy, and stay away from those clowns. Send in the clowns. And also, too, one more thing. Don't forget to come see Fozzie if you're in San Antonio. It is the eighth anniversary listener bash of the Billy Madison show in San Antonio. Uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, it's going to be rocking. So go check that out at FozzieRock.com for all ticket information. We'll see you on Friday in San Antonio. And we'll see you on Friday right here on Talk is Jericho for a Cripple Threat. Oh, yeah. Send in the clowns. <laughs> <laughs>